the master plan, July 9th. It has been a year, and the idea hits me. I am in an airplane landing in that strange foreign capital. Everything here is as different as it could ever get, practically. I mingle among people entirely different from myself. When I do see others who look like me, they are either warriors sent to conquer, or they are outcasts like myself, living a shattered existence far from home. They will probably also die here in self-imposed exile. Life is sometimes like that. I wonder if I am getting in over my head. But I don't mind leaving my life behind. I need to make a new start. I am getting off the plane and going through customs again. It is like a dream. I've done it before, but it has never been quite like this. Some kind of feeling is rushing at me. My whole body is alive and tingling. The will to live is growing stronger and stronger. So, also, is the fear. I know I don't have much time to make a change. I have to work fast and be careful. Of the gates, and there she is. She sees me and runs over. After some big hugs and tears, I get a chance to take a good look at her. There is real joy in her eyes, and I know that we will always be as passionate as we are at that moment. She isn't alone. She has come with two friends, one for company and one to drive. The atmosphere is sullen. But she is the only person in a car for me. The only one providing any kind of life. Neither of her companions utters a word. They are listening, observing. I am tired and only want to have sex and get some much-needed sleep. Nevertheless, we go out to dinner as a group. New people join us at our table. The dinner is dotted with strange, misdirected questions from her companions. Things like, why did you come back? Or, what will you do if you can't find a job? I laugh and give them vague answers. Only I know that I am sitting on a lot of money and don't need to work at all. She looks at me and squeezes my hand under the table. I am somehow in another world. The beer and the smoke are affecting me. I look around the table at the others and see floating masks on everybody's face. The masks are all scowling at me. Their hatred is unmistakable. Yet these feelings are disguised. They are in truth smiling at me and outwardly wishing me well. I think nothing of it. If it's a problem, I will deal with it later. Some days go by. I'm fully rested now. I'm smoking on my bed, 
thinking about the life I left behind. The women, the babies, the drugs, and the law. But it's okay now that I have the money. I remember the struggle, the political meetings, the anarchy and debate, but also the fear which ruled every decision and was the source of every motive. I only knew that for a time. Now I have something better and a kind of peace. I think about what I will do that day. There's a knock on the door. It is her. She embraces me and apologizes for not coming earlier. She is still not alone. She is with two friends again. A different pair from the airport. I didn't see them at the restaurant either. They shake my hand, but I can see that they have evil plans. There is something troubling them. I resolve from that moment on I will carry a knife in my pocket at all times. We decide to go out for lunch. She is still squeezing my hand under the table. I know that this woman is the only thing that I have in this world, and I must hold on to her for dear life. We can go anywhere and live any kind of life, as long as we are together. Yet I somehow know that it is her destiny to kill me in the end. I need to leave her before it comes to that. Somehow, I have chosen a fate that will end in solitude. But, for the time being, I will enjoy being with her, the only thing that I have, and will try to guard myself from her friends. In a way, these people are, by extension, also my friends. But they are not my friends if they hate me. Perhaps these friends are my enemies. sleeping in my apartment next to me, and I hear a noise in the dark. My venereal diseases had been bothering me so I couldn't sleep. Yet, my bleary brain is still alert enough to hear a sound, and instantly, my whole body is alive and ready for action. There are three of them. I whip the girl up and show her what treachery is being planned. She thinks nothing of it, and asks them how they got in. They tell her that they heard a noise and came to investigate. But since there was nothing amiss, they left immediately. At first, I'm not sure what they'd been up to. Then I find the poisonous snake on my side of the bed. I cut the thing in half with my knife while she's in the bathroom. We make love. Go to sleep. In the next weeks, I stop a series of assassination attempts. Poison in my drink, a sabotaged motorcycle, a bomb in the mailbox. The looks on their faces grow darker. They wonder when I will retaliate. I see the hate is tinged with worry. They feel the fear. 
yet we make all appearances of conducting normal relationships. Still, I wonder, what are normal relationships in my world? One evening, one of them, a 19-year-old biology student, performs a daring gymnastic stunt and tries to swing through a window into our room, brandishing a machete that he hopes to decapitate me with. He misses the window, hits a wall, and falls five stories. We run down to see if he is still alive. He's lying on the ground, his body crushed to a pulp. My girl, horrified at what has happened, asks him why he has done it. With his dying breath, he asks her to burn the money I am keeping under the bed at his grave. He dies. She bows her head and, after some thought, picks up the machete and starts moving towards me.